Welcome to the Empowered Life. I'm your friend, Ern Inyon. This podcast aims to inspire you to create the life that you want to live. If you are not yet a subscriber, be sure to subscribe and get notified when a new episode is posted. Now let's go on with the show. Hi everyone. 43 years ago on December 8, 1980, John Lennon, the leader and vocalist of the famous band Beatles, was killed in front of his apartment building by Mark David Chapman, Beatles fan. The reason why he killed the icon, he was envious. In an interview a few years ago, he said, John was having a great life. He was rich, lived in a beautiful apartment, and was into music, while he was living a challenging life at that time. He wanted to be famous too. So, he killed John. Envy is one of the seven deadly sins in the Roman Catholic theology that leads to immoral behavior. So, in this episode, let's look at the cause, the impact, and how we can solve this. Envy, by definition, is a resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Envy and jealousy are almost the same, but I won't go into details the difference of the two. When I think of envy, I remember the 1992 classic psycho-thriller movie, uh, Single White Female, one of the favorite movies of my sister, Chi, and I don't know why. Envy is rooted on the concept of fairness. In cognitive behavior therapy, The fallacy of fairness is a cognitive distortion that makes a person believe life should be fair. What makes this distortion tough to understand is because as a society or a community, we are governed by rules, laws, and regulations that promote fairness. The mistake we made is when we apply fairness to our personal interactions. When we perceive that something good is happening to someone, should also happen to us. The fallacy of fairness manifests in several forms. Favoritism among siblings is one. You know, I grew up together with my four brothers. I have three older brothers and one younger younger than me. The dynamics in our family was our eldest was the most favored and got the most attention from our parents. That attention withered away as it moved from the eldest to the youngest. I wasn't envious on my older brothers, to be honest with you. The effect on me, however, was I had identity crisis early on, which I shared in my earlier episodes. Favoritism, I believe, is a common feeling among siblings. I can see that with other people with siblings. But I also believe it is subjective. You know, looking back, my eldest brother, uh, Carlo, got the most attention from our parents because he was an honor student, graduated valedictorian in both grade school and high school. If I look at it in another perspective, I didn't get much attention from my parents because I I can take care of myself. My grades were okay. I was in the varsity team. Uh, both basketball and volleyball, and was a CAT officer. How my parents gave their attention and time was their own preference, 
and I don't blame them for that. My wife has three sisters, and for many years, her sisters thought she is the favorite of their mom. Last Christmas, my amazing mother-in-law cleared that notion. It is not actually my wife is the favorite, she just treats all of them differently. So you may have siblings also. How your parents give their attention and time is their preference. We don't need to put any meaning to that. I know it's tough because when you when when we are young, we see our parents as our role models, our authority figures. People who we want to be proud of us and people whom we crave for their love. But parents are not perfect. They're also make mistakes they fall short on our expectations it's tough because we don't have that level of maturity yet when we were young to understand it another case i want to point at which is very common to common problem in the corporate world is comparing salaries companies give out pay slips every pay date you know the fear of the payroll department or the management is people love to compare or like to know the salaries of other people. Companies spend so much time to make sure that the difference in salaries can be justified in case people find out about it. You know, as a business owner myself, I do maintain a certain formula that considers inflation, performance, etc. We have staff who are doing the same thing but their salaries are different. But I don't care if people find will find out that this person is re- receiving more than the other person. I just tell them, if you want to be miserable, know the other person's salary. The reason why so many people are unhappy because they compare. In the NBA, each player has an independent contract with their ball club. Uh... There was a time when Michael Jordan, the greatest player of all time, was so underpaid that he received $29 million in his first 10 years. While P.J. Brown, a player of the Miami Heat, who was not even an all-star, got a contract of $36 million in 7 years. But MJ never complained or went to the Bulls owner and asked for a raise. He waited for his contract to end. And when he did, boy, he made a killing. You know, he asked for $31 million for one year. So do not count other people's money. That's a sure way to bitterness. Another form of fairness, which is actually a policy on its own, is the heaven's reward policy. Many people feel bad after they give so much they are not getting a return they think they deserve. Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? I have been a faithful servant and I prayed every day. I read the Bible every day. Why, Lord, don't you love me? Many times we hear this from people and admittedly from ourselves too. Many people give to orphanages, ministries, churches because they believe they will be rewarded in heaven. It is the belief that hard work and sacrifice will pay off and it will be worth it. This is related to the concept of karma. Many people think karma is you get what you give to the world. 
So if you do bad things, the universe will find a way to make you pay for it. I will talk about karma on a future episode, but this is not karma. Heaven's reward is a fallacy because it leads to disappointment, bitterness, and frustration when rewards do not come. We get disappointed because we expected for the reward, which makes the whole thing conditional. Giving should be unconditional. If it is if it is conditional, then it is just a trade. Giving has become very ugly in recent times. You know, I many people and organizations when they give, they want to show it off. They make sure videos and pictures were taken so that they can publish it in social media and other channels for the world to see how good they are. After the photos photos are taken, they leave. The fallacy stems on the belief that there is someone out there that is keeping score on every good and bad thing we do. I don't believe in this because as a parent, I don't keep score on the good things and bad things my son did. If he did something wrong, my wife and I just explained to him what he did was wrong and how he can correct it. And we rejoice when he does something good. But we don't keep a scoreboard. If you are a parent, I don't think you are keeping score either. And I bet no matter how bad they they did, we are always ready to embrace them when they come back to us. So why would you think God would keep score on us? Another reason I have is I know people who have done so much evil here on earth and yet they died peacefully and there are people who have done so much good yet they died in died in a horrific way one example is Pol Pot the leader of Khmer Rouge that killed 1.8 million Cambodians which was roughly 24% of the population some were babies and very young people these people were killed in the most horrible way yet Pol Pot died with heart failure on his sleep. He was 73 years old. On the other hand, many of our saints who devoted their life to spreading peace were tragically murdered. There is no justice there. During this pandemic, many schools, restaurants that serve our community in the best possible way closed down. Yet there there were tax evaders who made so much money during this crisis. When we start comparing and feel bad, we focus on what we don't have. Life is really unfair. And if you think more deeply, it is good that is unfair. You know why? Because if every bad thing you did, you have to pay for it. Most likely many people are dead by now. Just like in Iran, when you are caught stealing, even if the person is just a teenager, Their fingers, except for the thumb, will be cut off. There are many things in life that cannot be explained through logic. In my opinion, one of the the main reasons why many people believe in the concept of fairness is it can be found in the Old Testament. If you read the Old Testament, God is portrayed as an angry and strict God. We can see a lot of punishments and killing. 
from Adam and Eve being vanquished from the Garden of Eden because of their disobedience to condemning Cain after murdering his brother Abel. If you think about it, grabe naman, they just ate the fruit and they were vanquished? Yet when we read the New Testament, Demas, one of the thieves who was crucified together with Jesus and usually referred to as the penitent thief, on his last words, ask Jesus to remember him when he come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied that today he will be with him in paradise. But think about it. Where is fairness there? Jesus did not ask no. Uh, I don't think so. We, you know, how, how many, how much did you steal from other people? He didn't ask for that. So if you follow the teachings of Jesus, Jesus was unfair. Jesus, you know, he wasn't just, but he was merciful. One thing I learned about reading the Bibles, you need to use the lens of Jesus in reading it. Forgiveness cannot be explained using logic, but that is what the world needs. So what are the solutions so that we can avoid envy? The first the, the, the first solution is gratitude. I have a full episode on gratitude. Though most of us think that gratitude is an attitude, it is not. Gratitude is what comes out of you when you become more receptive to life. When we honor those that came before us to give the life that we enjoy today and to know that everything around us are interconnected. We are part of one system, and this system is functioning to give you the life that you're living now. Start being mindful on everything that surrounds you. Right now, I am sitting on my favorite chair, which is well cushioned with armrest and mesh back. You know, I love this chair. And I'm thankful thankful for the people who designed this chair molded the plastic parts manufactured and assembled it there is no room for envy in a grateful heart the second one is responsibility take responsibility for your emotions behavior and the decisions that you make life is what you make it there are many factors that lead to success hard work is one but it is not a guarantee it only increases your chances. Just do your best on whatever the outcome is. Just live with it. Think of probability, not guarantee. The best example I can think of are the Olympic athletes. You know, I was watching the interview of Michael Phelps, the US swimmer who had 20 plus gold medals in the Olympics. He said that training for the Olympics was so hard. He had to eat 10,000 calories a day and train 6 hours a day. So do you know what eating 10,000 calories mean? For breakfast, he ate 3 club sandwiches, 5 omelets, 3 pancakes, 3 french toast, a bowl of grits, and 2 cups of coffee. For lunch, half kilo pasta, 2 large hams, 1 sandwich, and an energy drink. For dinner, one pound of pasta, large pizza, and energy drinks. It is a diet good for five men, and he did that for many years. 
But despite going through such rigorous training and having that insane diet, there were events that he lost. Good thing was, he didn't stop until he got the gold. So hard work, discipline, patience, and other factors done consistently increase your chances of success. Taking responsibility also means you take control of your responses to the things that are happening to you. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. The last solution I can think of is unconditional love. Love is what happens within you. It is an inside job. It is not subjected, subjected to other forces, outside forces. When you start to fully grasp how beautiful life is, you can't help but exude love. Everything about you becomes love. Love has no color, gender, or race. Love, love has no conditions. You love because you're loving, not because the other person is loving. You know, I changed my approach to tithing. I give because I love what the person or organization is doing. I support the ministries of Brother Bo Sanchez. He has several ministries including Anawim, Home for the Abandoned Elderly, Grace to be Born is a shelter for women in crisis, and a lot more. I know Brother Bo personally. I support him because I want him and his team to continue what they are doing. So look at the people that you truly love. If you love what they are doing, then support them without expecting anything back. So to end this episode, know that envy is a destructive sin that is deep-rooted in our psyche and in our society. To avoid it, remember to be more receptive to life, to take responsibility of your emotions and how you respond, and just give your unconditional love. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please rate and review this podcast and share it to your friends. Until next time, blessings always.